Hello and welcome to another episode of Project Spark. Now this episode tugs me at the heartstrings only because it's all about food. Every time I think of food, I think of Joey from Friends. Not the gluttonous side of his personality, but the emotion that he experiences with food every single time. Now I must admit, I have become an emotional eater over the years and I don't want to sound like a prude who judges Joey's hogfest, but this wasn't necessarily the case about a few years ago. My relationship with food is something that I've been working towards improving in the last few months and specifically so in the last few weeks it's taken a very very interesting turn ever since I got Shreya to speak to me about her love for food and what it actually means to invest in yourself with food at its core. Thanks uh Shreya for doing this. I know we've known each other for quite a while and you know I make it a point to check out your Instagram page only because of Meena and George I must admit. uh you know but also some of the you know funky things that you do with food uh you've been my source of inspiration honestly to really experiment with you know making so many things from scratch uh you know take your chili oil for instance i'm sure you've heard this from a from people in the past i have an entire batch that i made just about a few months ago and that stuff is absolutely insane oh thanks smriti that is really kind of you and it's okay if you watch my stories only for meena and george uh they are the stars of my instagram account so yeah right so you know i'm going to very quickly sort of start off by asking you you know where this love for food really came from shreya you know uh, take me down that little memory lane of yours you know was there something or did someone serve as that little spark for you um so honestly this i think it's a, i have a very cliched answer for this uh it it started off when i was a kid you know how our parents had the cookbooks by sanjeev kapoor tala dalal and uh, you know a bunch of other people there were cooking shows that were coming a lot on sun tv and uh, all of that right so that was really where my interest picked up from and uh, they'd have a weekend special for kids where they'd make you know uh, kids special recipes and i was never interested in that i wanted to see what the adults were cooking right so uh, and i think that went that was about when i was i think 5 uh, or 6 years old mm-hmm. so naturally they wouldn't let me do anything in the kitchen they would only give me uh, little things like rolling the the chapati mawa and you know they'll pretend that oh i've done such a great job and uh, teach me how to roll a chapati which i still can't do for the love of me i i don't know why i i just can't i can bake like a pie and everything but i just can't roll out a chapati a round chapati to be precise it's not possible <laughs> so it started from there i think uh, you know i growing up with a lot of cookbooks was the main influence for my love for food that's where it came from honestly uh, don't don't uh, beat yourself up about the chapati because i mine looks like an india map most of the time so you know it's it's all right <laughs> i guess it's good i think that's what counts you know it's not about the shape <laughs> absolutely i mean imperfection it, as long as it tastes good and it tastes like chapati i think it's a good thing absolutely so yeah. you know for me i think uh, you know share food sort of uh, evokes this sort of I I don't know you know happiness joy uh it's it's all about you know like a happy tummy right that's the sort of emotion that I associate food with mm-hmm. now if you were to tell me that one emotion that cooking or even that love for food sort of evokes in you what would that yes. emotion be ah uh, I think it would have to be like a mixture of emotions I wouldn't put uh, put it down to just one emotion right um it's it's got to do with the satisfaction of feeding other people which is number 1 for me right but over the years i've had to sort of take a step back on feeding other people and focus on feeding myself first so yep. it's you know it's it's more about for me it's more about feeding myself i'm nourishing myself and 
that brings me happiness so the idea of being able to make myself the food that i want the food that i dream of i think that's that's the emotion that i go after you know i'm i'm making my dreams come true i don't even know if that makes sense but but yeah that's that's how i feel about my food no absolutely so there are two parts to that uh, answer in a way right so one part of it is really sort of uh, that that emotion that you get when you feed other people and the opportunity to feed other people but i also do believe that you know feeding yourself and the food that you want to feed yourself i think is a is an, is another ball game altogether and we'll get to that in a minute right but yeah. if you were to tell me in terms of you know there sure is a routine that you definitely do have right to keep up this sort of passion going you will have to read those cookbooks you would have to sort of experiment in in a way right it's not from an improvement aspect but it's more the experimentation side of things now and i know you love doing that i've seen you time and again sort of speaking about experimenting with certain things and i and i see you trying out different recipes and curating different recipes now so how do you sort of go about this little routine of yours uh, uh share do you have like a little plan uh, that you put put together for the week or is is how does your experimentation sort of go with food so i'm just going to be really honest for me i don't really have a plan i just go with the flow Yeah, and because uh, one day I'll wake up wanting to eat like a grilled cheese sandwich with lots of veggies, and maybe one day I'll want to like eat a meat-loaded burger or a, or a biryani. So it, it's really whatever I want to eat for that day. Yeah, uh, I take it one day at a time because planning to such a level, uh, while it is really therapeutic, meal prepping is really therapeutic. My routine is to just follow my instincts. That's number one. So it really depends on how I feel for the day. Uh, and then i go about planning my meals you know it's uh, that's just how i function there is no routine basically right. it's all ad hoc and and does your experimentation with food therefore uh, ad hoc as well is that something that you do or is uh, that uh, do you basically wing it in a way no unfortunately my experiments are planned <laughs> okay okay so my daily cooking is not planned i just wing it the experiments right. i have to plan because uh, i would have maybe say for example uh, last year or i think earlier this year right i made a miso spaghetti okay? okay and i had to like really research about what would happen if you had miso like that you know as yeah. a sauce mixed with noodles and uh, especially in an italian recipe where the flavors are so different from a typical japanese recipe right so yeah. uh, you know the sound of it is a bit puzzling isn't it absolutely i can't imagine miso and spaghetti but yeah. i'm sure i'm going to try it out though I it is a, you have to so and so i i tried the i tried it out i was reading a bunch of articles or you know seeing what people were doing with uh, miso in the italian cuisine and i found out that they also use soy sauce in it wow. to make a really mean uh, spaghetti with sun dried tomatoes and some veggies and a bit of meat on the side depending on whether you prefer that or not so right. it worked together the experiments i typically like to read a little bit uh because i don't want to go into the kitchen uh you know not feeling that i didn't learn something yeah and yeah. that i didn't go in fully prepared so when it comes to experiments right i make sure that i'm doing a little bit of research because i like to go to the kitchen feeling that i am going to accomplish something not so from a failure point of view more from a yeah. hey this was a great experiment now i need to exper- now i need to like build on this and make this better so there are lots of blogs lots of youtube or uh, recipes that i refer to and it's it's actually amusing how much people experiment you know like we were talking about the uh, spaghetti with miso and soy sauce just a minute ago right so yeah. uh, that is a flavor combination you would have never thought possible because it's it's really puzzling when you when you mix like a japanese and an italian cuisine 
together or you wonder if that's ever possible it actually is so yeah. that requires a bit of planning and mm-hmm. a bit of knowledge of you know how these ingredients will work together so it does need some time and patience in the in, in the kitchen for that yeah. i go for prep Okay, great. So, you know, how do you choose your experiments? Just out of curiosity, I'm sure you didn't sort of wake up one morning saying, you know, I need to taste miso with <laughs> with spaghetti. So, how does that go? I don't know. So, I was I was actually just thinking about it, you know, one day. What if I mix this flavor? Like, I want to eat a miso based dish, but I don't want to eat it in a typical Asian recipe, which is where right. we see miso being used the most, right, in Japanese cuisine. So, I was like, what if I make it like a spaghetti? Have people actually done that before? Turns out they have. and any idea that you have right there is already somebody out there that's already tried it yeah and yeah. you know so what i do is i go i read i i understand what 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 to expect from mixing a couple of uh, obscure ingredients together and like what is what is it that people are saying about it do they like the taste do they do they not prefer it uh, what what do you know uh, there are culture purists you know who kind of go all crazy when they say hey you can't eat uh, italian food with miso or soy sauce yeah yeah, yeah. similarly for japanese as well so you get to piss those people off <laughs> on the internet you know when you tell them that hey you know what i actually did it so suck it so i i like doing that when i when i when i uh, i don't know it's just i like to see what people are saying and i'm like okay you know what i'm going to give it a shot i can actually taste the flavors in my mouth yeah before i yeah. them and i kind of use that as a memory when i'm uh, cooking and i'm like yes this is exactly how it tasted in my mind and now i can actually taste it in my tongue so that's what i usually go for i don't know if that if that's helpful i don't know if you can picture that i mean every every uh, mouthful of food i think sort of gets etched in that little brain of yours right and yes. over a period of time and every time you taste that food again and whatever the dish may be i think it takes you back to that that first time maybe for instance yes but then you know so, it's yeah. not the same for experiments smriti you know what i'm saying right because it's an yeah. experiment you've never tasted it before yeah yeah so you Absolutely. know which is why it requires me to know what every ingredient individually tastes like so my mind can put it together when i'm experimenting yep. and i kind of know what i'm going after in my mind yeah so when i'm physically recreating it i know where i need to stop or where i need to improve and figure out okay this isn't what i thought it would taste like so that is is a bit of a challenge but that's where the fun is right so you know um, experiments do fail at times as well for sure so yeah. uh, how do you typically sort of deal with that uh, do you go back and experiment with it again do you try different combinations or is it something that you abandon for a while How do you sort of uh, deal no. with those, those failed experiments? Yeah, no, I just I just take a break. Okay. I just take a break okay. because it's it's kind of like dating, you know, when you go and you put in all your effort, and wow, the other person is just not what you thought they'd be. Yeah, you know, so you've got to take a break. I mean, I take a break. For me, that's how it works. I need to like regroup. I need to think about what went wrong and what step. And I usually know what's what's going wrong when I'm cooking. so i try to like take a little break and then come back to it maybe like a month or two later right sometimes i'm really put off by it that i don't make it for months okay okay so Fair. i treat i treat my cooking experiments just the same way i treat my dating experiments <laughs> <laughs> so yeah right you know i i'd love to get a little granular now right now yeah. um, especially when you're cooking for yourself Yes, there are going to be days when you're going to be put off, like you just said, not just with experiments, but maybe a favorite dish of yours just gets ruined because of the 
you know, because of the circumstances, the very fact that there was no ingredient that was available at home and et cetera. Now, yeah. you know, how does it really feel to cook for yourself? Uh, you know, Shreya, more importantly, you know, what does it mean, uh, you know, when you cook a meal for yourself? So I'm going to answer your question in two parts. The first part was, what do you do when you screw up something you've already made like a million times before? Yeah, That was yeah. part of your question, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is very frustrating. Like say, for example, there is one particular dish, right? That I truly hold close to my heart, especially on the days when uh, I've not really had a fantastic day or whatever, for, for yep. whatever reason. Uh, it's my mom's lemon rice. Okay. And it's, there's just completely nothing like it in the world. And I know everyone says that about their mom's food, but this one really is quite special. Yep. So, and it's really easy to make, but the trick here is you have to, it's all about timing when it comes to making this dish. Mm. And a lot of times I've screwed this dish up that I get frustrated, throw it out and restart all over again. So with, with dishes like that, I really hold close to my heart. I, if I have the patience, I will do it again on the same day, but now addressing your other, you know, the other part of the question that you asked, what does it mean to um, cook a meal for myself? Right. Yep. Yep. I think here for me, it's, it's down to it, how I'm taking care of myself, you know, uh, cause there are a lot of factors to it. It's not really that deep. My answer because mm-hmm. food is really expensive outside, you know, because you have to order in as a single person. Sometimes it seems like that's the more, that's the more easier way to go about it. That you just, you just order food and you call it a day and you eat and then you're done. But for me, it's more about, Hey, I have to like really conserve my, my money. I need to be more thoughtful about the kind of meals I'm putting into my system. And it's okay. If it's a little more effort for me. I'll still cook a meal at home because I have all of these resources. It's about utilizing all of my resources. It's about, you know, getting the bang for my buck, if I can put it that way. Because I've invested in a kitchen. I have a stove. I have a working fridge and I have a pantry. It can store stuff. So it's about using the things that I already have. And then second, it's about just, you know, uh, me feeling like I'm at home. Because what's more intimate than cooking for yourself when you're at home, right? That's when you Absolutely. truly come home. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, it's about owning the space that I'm in and asserting myself there by cooking a meal for myself. Got it. You know, in fact, I, I, I was reading this really uh, interesting article, uh, you know, about uh, this interview, uh, you know, that there was a chef called Anita Lowe. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of her. This is the lady who actually wrote this book, uh, which speaks about specifically sort of cooking for yourself. Okay. Right. Uh, it actually is called Solo. Um, oh, I've never heard of this. I have to check right. this out. You should check this out because it's a, it's a, it's her latest cookbook that actually speaks about how you can cook for yourself. Uh, and it's actually called Solo, a modern cookbook for, for oh, a party of one. one. By Nita Lu, right? Yeah. So you know this. You know she actually speaks about how it's it's very very sad that people do have the stigma, uh, towards you know towards people who cook for one. Technically, cooking for one one is actually seen as a sh- as a chore and not necessarily, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a ritual or or a self care ritual, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in fact, Shreya, when you and I spoke, uh, you know, earlier, this is something that you sort of did speak about yourself. You prompted me to sort of think about it in a way, right? And I've been thinking about it for a while. Now, why do you think that's the case, and what's with the stigma? Honestly, because I personally never imagined that people would have a 
you know supposed problem with the fact that people are cooking for themselves i mean what's the deal with yeah. that uh i think honestly smriti like you pointed out right it's it's just all about that like that stigma right like how can this person actually cook for themselves like that is such an alien concept because if you look culturally right what is the role of the person that cooks in the kitchen they're the ta- they're the caretakers like they're the afterthought you know they put everybody else first in the kitchen when they're cooking it's not typically for themselves and our families we've seen with our mothers yeah. our grandmothers our aunts and everybody right so i feel like um they expect cooking for yourself or eating for yourself to come as an afterthought not really you know uh putting yourself out there first because you've chosen to live alone that itself is bizarre first of all and then yeah. when you cook for yourself it's even more bizarre like how can you do it like how dare you not put other people ahead of you in front, you know instead of placing your own needs first yeah. so i think that's the that's the stigma that's behind it and i think we need we need to change that because it it comes across as oh that there's a lonely spinster look at her she's she's cooking for herself and you know she she'd be so much happier if she had a husband and a child running around in the house you know it's i think that's a very primitive way of looking at it yeah. uh, considering the world has changed so much and we don't even need to talk about how much it's changed it it is it's it should be acceptable you know for people to cook alone to live alone to be able to do things by themselves it's it's okay we're, we're becoming an individualistic society and i think we need to embrace that and i think some of the things that i have been told and i i still get asked this right like oh you would you know you you cook uh, really well and how do you not miss having a person around to cook for and your husband would be really lucky if you had somebody you know uh, if he had you as as a partner who would cook and i was just like okay there are two things i mean yes it is lonely for me to cook alone on some days not always i have my days but just because i cook well and i chose to focus on this hobby of mine doesn't mean i necessarily need a husband to feed right yeah yeah so i mean that's that's kind of that's a very questionable way of looking at it you should just let a person be you know not assign if only they had this or assign their gender role like you know very patriarchal way you know because again times have changed it's it's more individualistic and i think we need to respect that that's what's lacking and it's not just uh from people older than us you know from from another generation it's yeah it's i was just our age our yeah. peers you know so i think that's the part that's really disappointing so- i'm actually you know what not surprised uh, shreya and again we we spoke about this earlier right um yeah. you know as a mom of a of a 2 year old who's actually started going to school just now i think you know that going through that guilt trip or even on a daily basis in fact right even before she was uh, she started going to school um i have never cooked a full blown meal for her she has her rasam sadam every day she has to have a veggie along with it she's got to have two veggies at least for sure okay. and the veggies have to be cooked in a certain way it has to be only with uh, you know ghee and you know you can't necessarily put in all the condiments because she may not be okay with it but yeah, i would want yeah. her to one experiment with it for sure but i don't have the time i don't have the bandwidth on weekdays for me to be able to contribute that uh, time for her but i'm definitely there when she has a breakfast in the morning which is typically 
you know your your ragi uh, you know a porridge that she typically has on a regular basis right mm-hmm. now that again by the way is not something that i that i have done from scratch i i pick up slurp farm which is absolutely as healthy because i do not unfortunately have the time now that does not mean i love my child any lesser just because i don't cook for my family it does not necessarily mean i love them any lesser or i care for them any lesser right i think like you rightly said it's very important that people start embracing the fact that yes you know women specifically just so that just because you you also sort of mentioned it right that whole gender card you know plays up very strongly once in a while saying that oh my god she's the mother you know she's the woman she's the primary caregiver of that child of that family if she's not able to do it then you know what is that child going to learn from her and this is something yeah. that i've already started hearing by the way when i was all of all of 2 years old and i've already started sort of you know um, it's it's hearsay of course uh, having said that i think it's it's something that all of us uh, listen to at some point in time and i think we also choose to ignore it in most cases because it obviously messes with you after a point right it does um, because for me it's it's more you know uh, has a relatively new mother uh, i think that whole guilt trip already exists right the very fact that i went it's back to work child as well yeah exactly and uh, probably my only child too so you know the the point is you know the very fact that you go through that guilt trip already of you know having to leave them behind uh, and go to work or even travel for that matter uh, i think becomes very very hectic and you know i don't think there's any need for the society to add to that madness in a way right because all of us are going through um, yes our own sort of little things that we believe is big for us uh, it may not be big for another person but nobody is here to judge right and i think that's all that matters and i think if if people are able to sort of get that straight i think that hopefully that sort of stigma in terms of you know having to just something as simple as cooking for yourself is going to be a problem then i don't know where we're really heading as just as a community right yeah absolutely i echo those sentiments i have to agree that's that's a very good question to ask everybody actually so you know uh, you know share if you were to tell me right if there are yeah. those few myths and this is largely related to your answer in in all likelihood and mm-hmm. you know feel free to sort of maybe repeat yourself it's all right i think okay. uh, if there were a few myths that you would want to bust when it comes to cooking for oneself right uh, what would those myths be i think it's i mean a lot of people say that you know cooking for one is no fun I don't agree with that. I think it is really fun because yeah. you get to get as messy as possible and uh, you know you also learn to clean up after that and cleaning up is the hardest especially after you 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 feel really guilty about the mess that you've made. Yeah. Uh, I think it's okay cooking for one is definitely fun. Uh, and then number 2 is uh, it makes you seem like a very you know non-social person because uh, apparently people who cook for themselves are not capable of developing social skills because they live alone and they cook a certain way so it wouldn't be possible for them to accommodate another person's uh, you know wishes or whatever in the f- in, in the future if they do happen to meet somebody that they'd like to live with it becomes very difficult for them to cook for that person so right. i don't i don't think that is that's one of the most absurd things i've ever heard uh i don't think it's true at all i think it's more to do with the intent like why would you invite somebody else into your home if you know you're not going to share the chore right like why is cooking only your headache right like why why can't the other person also help you maybe it's it's a choice that the individual makes maybe they'll find a partner who's who cooks for them maybe yeah. they take turns you know so i don't understand what is this subservient 
uh, angle to it. But anyway, and I think the last myth that I have heard a lot is uh, cooking for one will mean that you will not get to experiment. Like you become very rigid in terms of what your palate is. Right. And I don't agree because I think people who live alone for the most part, right? And if they're, they're fairly, if they've made their peace with that, I think they will go all out to experiment. Yeah. And yeah. they have the time, they have the resources and, uh, you know, their life is not similar to somebody uh, who's married with, with children. So they have, they have a bit of the luxury of time. They don't have that sort of responsibility yet. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a great time to experiment. It's a great time to learn a lot of things. You don't necessarily have to learn just to cook. You'll probably learn how to keep your fridge very organized. You'll probably yeah. learn how to keep your pantry really organized. So it's not just about the entire act of cooking itself. You know, there are a lot of things that go, go on in the kitchen. So it's very beneficial. It's, it's not uh, something that makes the other person become very rigid at all. I think that's it. I think this is what I can think of at the top of my mind. And you know what, that's sort of, uh, you know, if you connect it back to life lessons in general in the kitchen, right? Something about the very fact that you cleaned up that mess uh, is good enough, right? The very fact that you're cleaning up after yourself itself, if you were to derive a larger messaging yeah, out of absolutely. that. That's all that, there is to this, right? You, that's you're all known- there is to it. Yeah. I mean, the very fact that you, you do sort of learn to do all of those things and you are fairly, you are independent. You're doing all of this by yourself and likely that you're developing that sort of, I would say, uh, you know, individuality, if I may want to call it that. And it, it becomes your persona, right? It becomes part of your persona in a way. It does. It does. And also like Smithy, you know, uh, a lot of us are able to afford house help, right? And I think we take that for granted because, you know, the other person who's also helping us keep our house organized is also a human being in the end of the day. So we'll have to decide, you know, how much work do we actually want to delegate to somebody who's helping us keep our home organized, you know, and where do we step in and learn basic skills like just cleaning, you know, the kitchen and just looking at what's there in your fridge. It's it's yeah. very uh, it's very disheartening and I find it honestly very shocking when people don't do that when when they tell me no I I absolutely need a house help to tell me what's there in my fridge I I just can't put in that effort to see what's there you know I think there are certain extenuating circumstances where uh, it it might not be possible but generally as as somebody who lives alone right I think it's important to have that skill it's a whole other different story when you live in a in a family setting where you don't have the time to do all of this and then, you know, you can always count for help. But when you're living alone, these are things that you need to know. These are absolutely essential. You need to know how much you're paying for your veggies. And this other thing that really puts me off is, you know, how people constantly order from Dunzo and Swiggy Mart and Big Basket and all of that, right? Yeah. So I feel like they're doing themselves a disservice because uh, no offense to any of these businesses, but I would rather prefer going to the local Kirana store and purchasing from there just so I know I can feel the vegetables in my hands when I'm choosing them I don't get to do that anymore yeah when I order in from Danzo do you know what it feels like to dip your hand in a rice bag or a lentil bag and feel that you know those are the things that we're supposed to be doing we need to go and check the quality of our food you know see what things cost make conscious decisions when it comes to purchasing on groceries know where things are coming from we've stopped doing that so when people tell me, you know, they can't, uh, they need help, uh, you know, uh, just just 
deciding what kind of masalas to buy for 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 their house you know i feel a little bad for them because these are things that you should know if you don't know what kind of masalas you like then right. what's even the point right yeah. so i feel like you people do need to put in a little more effort to understand what they like better to understand how these things work better and uh, i'm not going to uh you know just say that okay you know what cooking for yourself is fun but there's a lot of work that goes behind it and you need to be ready to embrace that it's not romantic absolutely yeah you know, so it's a very practical decision that you make every day you have to you're accountable for so many things in your home and i think that's the most impossible thing important thing you know when you choose to live a life of accountability as a single person in a single income home you i mean like as a single person home or a single income home but yeah you know uh, you take on these responsibilities that's what gives you your individuality not just cooking alone there's so many parts to it cooking alone, cooking for yourself is just like one thing but the kitchen is an entire entity of its own you don't get the cooking part of it without taking accountability for the rest of the elements in it absolutely and also bringing some method to the madness in a way right absolutely. i mean yeah. if if you want to call it that i i wouldn't call it madness because i love I used to love being in the kitchen at at one point, and yeah. of course, circumstances have obviously changed. Yeah, to me, very, 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 very different for every person's cooking. You know, honestly, yeah. cooking is 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 not. It's just not romantic at all. Like I Absolutely. can't even imagine. You know, if I had to do what you're doing, right? I wouldn't be able to cook. I'd be like, hey, that's a thing that I don't need to do. Yeah. Like I have other things that are that are my priority, and it's absolutely okay if you cannot cook for yourself. You know, or get a cook, hire someone who can cook for you. or figure out a dabba service or if you're happy ordering in from swiggy and if that works for you good for you but then you know you need to you need to make a trade off somewhere and you shouldn't yep. feel guilty about the choices you make you need to understand why you're doing what you're doing so absolutely so you know uh, share if you were to tell me i'm sure there's a little there's that little tribe of yours that's constantly sort of encouraging you to go on this journey right because it is all about exploration for you it is about experimentation it is also about keeping yourself happy and you know living that sort of practical life as you call it right the very fact that it's not romantic at all and yeah. at some point it is it gets very discouraging to sort of do this because it becomes part of your daily routine right it's it's not never ever about the fact that you're doing it for yourself i don't think it's that but you know you do feel discouraged on some days where you're saying that you know what like let's just you know chuck it it doesn't really matter i don't think yeah. i need to do this today but i'm sure there are people sort of cheering you on on a daily basis tell me a little bit about that tribe um i think that would definitely have to be all the people that i talk to on instagram some people i i don't know at all i just i just have conversations with them on instagram and that's that's how i've gotten to know them um i didn't post for a really long time or uh, the whole of september i think yeah. from, from mid august to even early october i taken a real break i was on a sabbatical and uh, you know i didn't feel like cooking i didn't feel like shooting in for the gram i didn't feel like doing anything and uh, i'd open instagram and be like hey you know what are you okay have yeah. you we haven't seen any recipes can you bring this back we saw this on your highlight can you make this a reel or uh, you know questions like that it it's nice you know it's nice to know that there are people invested in my passion for food which also means that they're invested in their own passion for food so Absolutely. we all we're all invested in each other's passions for food so um it's it's a big deal it's a, it, it's what you know sometimes i i think about just deleting my instagram account because i just can't handle it 
it's it's too much it's too much i can't even use it without just doom scrolling you know every single time i turn around there's like a message on can you reshare this recipe can you put this there or yeah. you know can you tell me where i can get this from can you tell me uh, what ingredient i should use in place of this and i honestly not honestly like smriti sometimes i don't even open those messages because i feel guilty because yeah. uh i don't really have the energy to do this every single day and so but i do keep them in mind and you know uh, my friends especially they encourage me they're like hey you know what don't let this go you were supposed to do a food pop up this month where are we on that they they hold me accountable because yeah. uh, i've done a couple of trials for a few menus that i wanted to sell but i had to take a break cuz honestly i was just burned out so it's nice to have all these people checking on me people i don't know especially it's 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 good to have that encouragement yeah i'm sure because i mean what would you do without them because i think they don't just uh, become your cheerleaders but they also become your biggest critics as well and you know that's that's the best sort of role to have in a way right where they can sort of get the opportunity to sort of tell you that it is important for you to get up and just buck up in a way uh, yes. on the days that you that you can right i think that's really the point ultimately Absolutely. now you know that that response in fact of yours is sort of very very beautifully dovetailed into my next question now would you at some point definitely want to share that love for your food of course you're doing this uh, you're doing this on instagram uh, for sure but you know offline at some point yes you've done trials uh, and i also do uh, i do know that you've sort of done a lot of you know work with the community to sort of uh, help them with dabba services i think you did it at a time when there was a lot of rains or right i think during covid if i'm not wrong share i think i remember yeah, you doing this covid yeah this was during covid this was during right? the second wave in bangalore yeah absolutely yeah i i remember this very very clearly and that's that's what sort of triggered me off at the first place for me to ensure that i speak to you for the podcast right because i think see ultimately it's all about it's not just about cooking really well it's about having to share that passion with people i think that's all that really matters if that little spark can change into a wildfire as i call it in my teaser i think yeah. that's exactly what's really happened right the very fact that you have shared your passion for food and you've helped them at a time when they needed that help right so now would you consider at some point to sort of share your love for food with the larger community um you know in some form of the in some shape or form right it could be that little pop up that you're talking about you know um would you want to play a very important role in sort of kindling or even rekindling that love for food in the act of cooking itself in a way uh so smriti it's always been a dream of mine to open a little studio where i can invite people to come over and have a meal have a sit down community meal where we talk about just life and you know just just things and get to know each other and like just have a sit down meal so that's right. uh, that's been a plan of mine um that i don't know when i'll get to uh but the other thing that i have been actively uh, trying to put together is uh inviting people over for a sit down yeah. meal at my place you know yeah. maybe i'll uh, there are a few things that i need to work on you know logistics and security because having people over at my place is a very very private thing if i yeah. have to open it up you know for the world then i have to ensure that my safety is uh, you know is there like i have i'm secure and no one's going to come back and stalk me later or trouble me in any form yeah uh, but yeah i i am thinking about uh, you know doing those sort of meals sit down meals in my own home uh, and the other thing that i was working on before the pandemic happened was a cookbook you know so i was researching 
uh, family recipes that we could put together for the book. Uh, I was wow. in the middle of trials for that. And uh, also, you know, I was doing a couple of recipes uh, for the book, especially for single people. This book is dedicated to single people. It's nice. uh, going to be called Table for One. And uh, which is why I was really kicked when you uh, referred me to, what's her name? Uh, Anita Lowe, yes. Anita Lowe's book, which I ordered, by the way, solo. So I'm going <laughs> to read and, you know, see what I can take back from her. What are the learnings that she has to share? Uh, to see how I can get back uh, to my book as well, because I had the exact idea, uh, but mine was more towards you know uh, the Indian audience and also yeah. what it meant for me as a as a person who loves cooking and especially as a single person how how I've my journey you know into this life how did it even happen? So I was doing that, but unfortunately you know the pandemic was really bad. Uh, I lost my job because of the pandemic and it was very difficult for me to find my or foot back into the kitchen itself you know so right i'm struggling with a huge writer's block i haven't been able to like even complete three pages so uh, hopefully you know um i've been going to therapy hopefully that'll help and i'll be able to get back to this uh book it's been two years and i feel really really guilty about it but i think if i talk about it it might inspire me to go back to writing it so yeah i mean these are a few things that i have planned uh, I might do the cookbook first, actually, before I do like a sit down uh, community eating session. I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. You should host one in Chennai, please. I definitely should. I definitely should. Great. So lastly, if you were to tell me, you know, um, what are some of the some of the baby steps that you do believe that people should be taking in order to stop looking at cooking as a chore? And more of a, you know, a ritual or a therapeutic experience, so to speak. I know that's a very over-abused term, the very fact that it's therapeutic. But I do believe that when you get into the kitchen and you're in that sort of sink and things are clicking for you in a way, it does sort of get you into that little groove uh, to a large extent, right? And as I'm speaking about this, I'm actually missing that side of me. But <laughs> another story for another day. But uh, how do you, what do you, what do you think those little steps should be, uh, Shaya, in your opinion? Well, firstly, uh, Smriti, let's hope that you get back to it because it would be really amazing to see you uh, cook in the kitchen. And I hope that you will share those stories on Instagram so we can all follow and we can all enjoy and see the world through your eyes as you cook away. Uh, yes. That's my hope for you. <laughs> uh, secondly, yes, getting to your question, right? How to stop looking at cooking as a task? I think the first thing is you need to ask yourself, Are you? do you look at everything that is that makes you as a task you think it's a task i mean what are we we are machines in the end of the day but not in the literal sense right we are human yeah. beings we crave yeah. for you know emotion we crave for a lot of things you know that simply cannot be treated as a task right like i don't know if i can be very blunt but would you honestly uh you know treat love making as a task it's not right it's something that yeah. you feel with your entire soul and being and when you love someone you feel it with your entire soul and being so why can't you do that for yourself yeah so i mean it's that's it it doesn't even have to be a therapeutic experience just think about something that you are lovingly creating for yourself you know and if you if you do love yourself and me if you don't then probably you should start by cooking a meal for yourself that's i think that's what i would tell people you know like Treat yourself with love and do things for yourself with love. And it can be as simple as making rasam rice and potato. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be like some crazy 
Instagrammable, inedible item. Just, just make simple meals, you know, for yourself. That itself is the greatest act of love. Lovely, and I and I do hope, uh, you know, uh, like you said, I I definitely do hope I get back into the kitchen. Second, I do hope people also sort of discover the joy in cook in cooking, really, because I think it's also about. It's not simply about cooking that meal, like you said, right? It's when it evokes that sort of feeling of uh, freedom in a way, and that joy that you get when you have a happy tummy. Um, I yeah. think that's 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 not, that's my key takeaway when you're when you're cooking and when you cook for yourself. Uh, also, right? Of course, as a result, now you do decide to cook for other people, and you get them to feel happy or sad or whatever about it. That's that's I think a, a you know um, it's so it's an added second. advantage. Uh, yeah, that's, that's secondary, Smriti. You know that old yeah, saying, absolutely. how it goes, you, you can't fill another cup if you aren't full yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's secondary, but I think it's it's more about you ultimately at the end of the day and the very fact that you're cooking for yourself, whether it's for your soul, whether it's for your, actually your tummy, like literally, I think the idea is just to sort of plunge into action as opposed to thinking about it as a chore in a way. But uh, but yeah, yeah I, this was an absolute pleasure, uh, Shreya. I'm so glad I I did this uh, with you. I think I've always wanted to listen to where your passion for food uh, and cooking really comes from because I think whenever I've seen each of your Instagram videos or your reels, so to speak, you know when you're when you're making all of your stuff, um, you know I can see that sort of. I can see how meditative you look when you're actually adding your condiments, for instance. Right? <laughs> it's something as simple as that. It's it's very emotive for you in a way, it and is. I think to have had the opportunity to capture that on uh, Project Spark, I think uh, I couldn't have I couldn't have been more, uh, no, you know, grateful for this. So thanks thanks a ton for doing this, uh, Shreya. Well, thanks, Smriti. It's, it's really nice, you know, uh, to see that you observe me so much on on Instagram and. Um, I think that I I don't think I've ever seen myself like that. I'm always really conscious in front of the camera, but I'm, I'm it makes me really happy that you enjoyed my content. Thank you so much. This was such a lovely conversation. Thank you for thinking of me and for all of these thoughtful questions.